uh, Skullboys. The Street Press Podcast with Sean Fraser. For a start, there are not enough white men doing podcasts. I've got to always support that when that comes along. I was talking to a mate today at a baby queue. We didn't cook a baby. Oh, thank you. Yeah, that yeah. was. I just want to thank you. Yeah, no, it was me. He wouldn't shake our hand until he finished putting on his glove. Imagine what he's like during the pandemic. <laughs> well, I got you here for the podcast after your big night last oh. night, so I'm stoked with that. I get a thrill knowing that you're doing what you're doing. That's good. Well, I don't know what I'm doing today. We're just sort of just winging it. Did you moon Kylie Minogue? Yeah. <laughs> Hello and welcome to the Street Press Podcast. My name is Sean Fraser. I hope you're doing well. It is October. Good time of year. If it's like any other year that I've been born, it starts to warm up. And everyone starts to get happy. The warmer weather, that's when life starts to get really good here in Australia. And today I have got a person who escaped the freezing cold of Canada. He is a singer-songwriter in the band Fangs. His name is Josh Cotro. He made Australia home a number of years ago. He, uh, he packed up his bags and he flew on over to Australia and he brought his hammer with him. He's a carpenter by trade. but Started a new life here in Australia. And while he was here in Australia, a couple of fellas created this band and they were looking for a singer-songwriter. And his name popped up and they, they gave him a buzz and the rest is history. This band, Fangs, if you are into heavy metal, if you're into punk rock, if you're into rock and roll, this band's for you. That doesn't make sense. I know it doesn't make sense. But if you haven't heard this band before, they are a great mix, like a perfect mix of all three of those genres. I don't usually have any regrets from the interviews that I've done in the past, but I do have one regret. After this interview was done, um, Josh was having a beer and I was not. So next time, if I ever see someone in the Zoom with a beer, I've got to stop the interview go to the fridge, grab myself a beer and enjoy one with them. But Josh, great fella, an awesome dude and an incredible singer. You're going to go and listen to this band Fangs um, after this interview, hopefully, and you're going to go, yeah, Sean, you were right. They're insane. They truly are, okay? So Josh uh, joined me from his balcony. Obviously, I was here in the studio at home. We spoke about a number of things. We spoke about him coming over from Canada to Australia, setting up a whole new life here. We spoke about, obviously, the pandemic. He's away from all of his family. We talk about our love for Blink-182, his love for tattoos. We talk about how the band formed. Before Josh was around, a couple of the fellas were over in, uh, in Europe in another band, and everything fell to pieces. Their band broke up overseas. They were sitting there, dejected, didn't know what to do. And a certain somebody from the scene came up to those fellas and said, go home and create a punk rock band. So they did. Easy as that. And I also get the goss on him being naked, passed out drunk uh, at 21. There's been a lot of nudity on this podcast so far, but hey. That's what happens. It's rock and roll. Here is my interview with Josh Cattrall from Fangs. How's it going? Hey, I'm going all right. How are you? <laughs> I'm good, man. How's, uh, how's, uh, I'm just like, what? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I haven't I'm done an interview in a little bit, so I'm like, whoa, <laughs> cool. Yeah. Do you like doing Zoom ones? It's weird, isn't it? No, I don't mind. Like, whatever. Yeah, it's cool. It's weird. I think it's more weird, like, when you have a chat to someone and you're like, oh, I don't really know who I was talking about. You know when you always try and, like, put a face to a name type thing? Yeah. 
Well, I've so, seen your yeah. face. I've seen your face plenty over the last couple of days. I have been watching music videos. All of them hilarious. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I love the What's My Age Again, uh, you know, a copy. That's a great Yeah. Year. So uh, that one was funny because we were like, we're all Blink-182 fans, like down inside. Like we all grew up with it and stuff. So it was kind of like, you know, we're all just like hanging out at practice and we're like, we should totally redo that. It'll be hilarious. And then we did. And I, I don't think I was as ever sunburnt as I was. So like <laughs> we all kind of had like the boys when we were shooting and stuff, a few of them had like robes and stuff on. And I was like, nah, 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 nah. I'm staying <laughs> naked all day. <laughs> and That's so, so good. The thing that I really loved about that video is I reckon if you put them side by side, even like the videography and the angles are exactly how they are in the actual music video. I can't believe yeah. how close they both are. Yeah, yeah. So that was like when we were going through with um, with the people who we did it with, we were like, we need to get it like, because if you're going to do a remake or something, you at least have to have something to tie it in. So it was like, well, let's get all the shots, even with like our mate from the Lazies with uh, the Cadillac and stuff. It was like, it was great. Well, that's the thing. I saw the Cadillac. As soon as I saw the Cadillac, I was like, holy shit, they put some money into this. So it was the friend's Cadillac, was it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So like we kind of, when we incorporated all like everyone, when we started to getting it all together, it was like, hey, can you do this? And you do that. And everyone was like super stoked. Like Emmy from Red Hook, Hook she was like, yeah, I'll be the nurse. It'd be awesome. And it's just like, this is great. So everyone kind of just wanted to be a part of it and it was it just made the video so much funner that we had friends and people that really like wanted to get behind it it was uh it was amazing to see that video when it came out and i think was that just after sort of like all the lockdowns and stuff but there was a video clip that you guys did but it was done in lockdown um i think yeah. it's the guitarist right he's he did yeah, a whole Sam. video in lockdown yeah, so um, Sam, his missus is like a makeup artist and she does special effects and stuff. And we were like, well, we need to put out a music video. But we didn't actually really know what the kind of video was going to come out of this. And Sam was just like, just leave it with me. I'll get something sorted out. And when it, like, because we weren't allowed to be around each other, right? So, like, when it got filmed and stuff, we didn't, we had no clue. And then, it just got sent to us and we were like, holy smokes, yeah. this is so cool. I was I was shocked. I was like, this is so amazing. Good job. Yeah, it's top notch that music video. And um when I was listening, I'm like listening, I've listened to all three EPs, right? There's three out at the moment. I could not believe this is the thing that really just shocks me. Is that have you seriously only been around since 2019? Yeah. So basically the boys were in a band called the Lockhearts, and um they something i don't know what happened really uh you know um this is from my interpretation so you know they broke up when they were over in um europe touring and funnily enough they were at the airport all like bombed out and stuff and this band showed up in a in, like in a van and stuff and he was like hey dude what's going on what's wrong and they're like Oh, our band broke up and stuff. He, and he was like, what kind of music? And they were like, all oh, kind of rock and stuff. He's like, just go back to Australia and start a heavy band, man. It'll be sick. And so being, it was Liam from Cancer Bats. Ah. And so I'm actually from Toronto and I know Liam very well. So it was kind of this like weird thing that when they got back here, I, I moved to Australia in 2015. So I'd been here for a while 
looking for a heavier style band. So I started doing my own kind of like, you know, acoustic, folky, kind of Chuck Reagan stuff. Um, and I was doing a show at Lazy Bones and Jamil, the uh, bass player, he saw, he saw like um, this post and I was like, I'm playing at Lazy Bones, my first acoustic show since like my band back in Canada and stuff. And, you know, they messaged me and they're like, you're the guy, we need to sing for this new band. And they sent me three songs or something. And within like an hour, I sent them back all three songs with vocals on them. And I was oh, like, this well. is sick. This is exactly what I want. And it just fell into this really like natural way. Do you know, like everything, everything from now, you know, obviously there's, there's bumps and curves and stuff that you go through, but as a band, you know, we're just four best buds just making fun music that we want to play. And it, it just, that transition was so, you know, easy for us. And it was just like, you know, as you get older, um, from being in bands when you're like 15, 16, you're like, all I want to do is play music. And then you have like careers and stuff. And it's like, ah, kind of back to all I want to do is play music again <laughs> without all the other stuff, you know? I find it funny though, that you were doing folk stuff mm. and, and then, and then this heavy, heavy band comes along and says, Hey, uh, you know, jump in the band. Like we want you to record some songs. And you were like, this is exactly what I want. It's just like opposite ends, I suppose. When I play guitar and stuff, I, I either focus on playing the guitar or focusing on the, the vocal melody and stuff where if I'm not playing an instrument, I can just focus on melody and going crazy and stuff, which is that I love that side of it. So it was just a great thing for me to be, to be a part of Fangs anyways. Well, it, it really works. And, and another thing that I, I noticed when I listened to the band is um, everyone's pulling their weight in the way of you're all so incredibly talented and all of your skills sort of shine through individually. Yeah. So, you know, everyone has a little bit of something different to bring, which is really like, you know, quite incredible for um, a band that we all like the same stuff, but we have so many differences which is which just breaks it, it brings like this really kind of you know sam loves like his proggy and you know his you know heavier heavier metal stuff and i i love punk and rap and i kind of love everything and then jamil you know he, he likes everything as well and um woody the drummer just he takes any kind of inspiration that he can and you know he'll listen to like a salsa song and be like oh that drum beat's cool do you know what I mean like he he had he's not biased at all to any style of music which is like you know and then at any point in time like we, we've been writing through this whole kind of slower period and you know we've got eight songs uh, already ready to go again so we never ever stop writing like you know even if I'm on the you know the way to work or something i'll just be like oh i have this melody and i'll just hum it in my in my phone and then i'll send it to the boys and you know the next day sam will have a, a riff written for it or something so it's really really an easy transition for writing as well as you were talking going through the genres and stuff i was sitting there and i'm thinking it's like if if metal punk rock and rock and roll all got busy Fangs would be the child. <laughs> yeah, right. It's great. It's uh, uh and and like it keeps changing at all times. Like we're never really 
subjected to being like, oh, we have to write songs like, you know, one for you, one for me. We we don't really limit ourselves. Like, we'll just write whatever comes. You know, if it's a country song, it's a country song. I don't think it would be, but for example, you know, we just kind of whatever happens happens i guess and I, I think that's pretty cool like as a band you don't really limit yourself to you know always obviously we're gonna have this certain sound because that's just what we sound like um but yeah it's it's a it's a very very fun process this whole you know last couple of years especially with covid and stuff keeping positive you know keeping a positive vibe and trying to uplift each other with spirit so like you know we do once a week on zoom calls like where we were playing games and you know i think there was one point in time where me and jamil shaved our eyebrows off for fun and stuff like <laughs> like, like i don't know why we did that i think i guess you were drinking were like, you drinking at uh, the time or you yeah just... you know we'll yeah, have yeah, a few course. drinks and stuff okay. but it's like we can't hang out just to, hang out with each other and you know that's what we do like we we have beers on stage and like we pour beer on each other and it, it's just the fun part of who we are and what we do and you know so we when we couldn't do that through the covid stuff we kind of just we we're like well let's keep in touch and kind of try and do the same thing but we're in the confined space of our home so it's like we were trying on outfits and like we oh it got weird some of, it was there was a lot of weirdness but it was it was fun. <laughs> what happens on Zoom stays on Zoom. Yeah right. <laughs> I'm glad I mean, they weren't recording those ones. <laughs> um yeah I mean 20, 2019 you get together and and I talk to a lot of bands on this podcast about the pandemic and stuff. It gets a bit you know it gets a bit long in the tooth sometimes. But I think about a band like yours where 2019 you had such a meteoric rise as soon as you started getting that AP out, like you were on Triple J, things were going great. And then, you know, this, this pandemic hits, it's got to be the worst time. Yeah. So like the hardest part was to not lose momentum while coming out of like off of that and doing, you know, the tour with Gyroscope was awesome. And, you know, we had a lot of positive things going. So, you know, we started that kind of like, I think we have three or four episodes of like Fangs TV and we were just trying to do anything we could just to keep up, you know, our fans more or less interested. And, you know, that's the most important thing for us is, you know, when we have people come up or especially for me, you know, the other guys get something different out of it. But for me, it's, you know, when someone comes up to me and is like, you know, that song, you know, who are we now? Or, you know, whatever song and it may be they're like you know that really changed the way that i looked at something and i was like you know we all we all go through crazy crazy transitions in life and whatever it is it's like you know at least we if we have something we can hold on to it and you know and 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 change like change is always happening so it's like we just need to embrace it and you know so for covid i looked at it as a positivity non-negative thing that it was like Maybe there's a reason why we have this um, time to reflect and, you know, get our heads together and try and figure out what we're going to do next. Because what if it never goes back to normal, you know? Absolutely. Where a lot of friends that you've got in the music industry, did they give up during the pandemic? Did you I've see got a few. Yeah, I've got a few mates that were just like, you know what, like, it's too hard to, you know, balance 
a full-time job, you know, some, some friends have kids and stuff. So it's like a lot of people maybe saw a way out where they're, they're like, I just don't have the time for it. And, you know, it's just the upkeep of keeping people interested into something that you love doing. You know, I think that was really hard, but for us, it was kind of like, well, I'm never not going to play music. It's not an option. You know, like I, when I'm not playing or, performing i feel a little bit lost and like you know i think ever since i was a kid i was like that was my purpose that's what i'm supposed to do and i get so much joy it makes me feel like a kid again you know so i i just think that yeah and everyone's different but like i think we lost a lot of good potential artists and you know i think some people gave up and and if that's what they wanted to do that's what they want to do there's no judgment there i just for me i was just like i'm gonna do anything i can do just to get me through this and we got through it and we you know now we're writing again and it's slowly coming back like we have a few shows coming up and i reckon next year will be a lot more busier um but yeah it's just it's been a crazy roller coaster the the last like three years for everyone uh how did you personally get through the pandemic were you okay um i you know i went through um some parts where i was definitely like emotionally depressed and i've got my my band family and friends and stuff but all my family's back in canada so having that kind of network or support where you have like your relatives behind you is very a lot easier to deal with something like a pandemic or something but where where i didn't really have that many close like my sister i've got five sisters and i'm the baby so it's like i didn't really have that sort of you know i just need to hang out with someone who's my family so that was the most difficult for me but i i just kept like always writing and always staying busy you know i was i i started my own home studio ironically like i just found things to occupy my time and you know when when we were I think I had about like three weeks off that was a bit that that was it and like I'm a full-time carpenter here so like I actually when I could work I was actually working more for some reason it kind of cleared my head to to keep like consistently busy and then you know I could focus on when I did get home, I was focusing on like writing and listening to different records and just analyzing everything that's new and everything that's happening and you know new videos coming out and just trying to figure out what i could do to you know occupy that void that's there where where it's like everyone is missing everything about the way it used to be but then when it is the way it used to be everyone's complaining about it so do you know what i mean so yeah. it's like yeah you know i i think i kind of embraced the fact that I was like, okay, well, I have this minute to myself. I got to, you know, figure out what what's next, basically. And, you know, um, and the same with like goes for Fangs. It's kind of like every every week that goes by, we're just like, is that an opportunity that we, you know, can release something or, you know, we're always on the push. And I think that's really great for a band like us because we are always wanting more. And and I think that's awesome. Like I never want to slow down. Like this, I think this is the this bit 
last couple of months, just because we're writing and stuff has been the slowest for like shows and stuff, but it's not, it doesn't mean that it's like, Oh, you know, you, you guys are slowing down, slowing down. It's just, we need this time to write and get ready for whatever's going to happen next. Yeah. Is there, there whispers of an album? Oh, I mean, there's about eight songs done, so I don't think we're going to stop. So it's it seems about right that, you know, we've got three EPs out and, you know, not saying that there is going to album going to be an album, but I'm not saying that there's not going to be an album as well, you know? <laughs> okay. All right. And you've been talking, you've been talk, obviously you're Canadian. You've been talking about Canada in this pod so far. What's the yeah. story there? How come, how come you're here? <laughs> I don't mean to be rude. Uh, so I got an opportunity um, to come over because like I'm a qualified carpenter and stuff. And I, I just heard that the, like the lifestyle was similar, but it's not cold here. And, you know, I had an opportunity and um, a very you know, like spare the moment where I was like, well, I've never been to Australia and I've been, you know, toured all of America and Canada and been through Europe and stuff. And I was like, I always wanted to come here because I heard great things. And once I got that opportunity, I was like, uh, yep, let's do it. And I just came and, you know, never really looked back. And I've been here for about seven years now. And um, yeah, so just that it's worth it, especially now with like the band and stuff. It, it It's, uh, yeah, it's great. Everything you, everything you read, everything you heard about Australia, is it true? Is it is it worse? Is it better than you thought it was going to be? Oh, I, I'm not even going to joke. Like this is how kind of, you know, on that side of the world, we're only told what we're told. So when I got here and I heard the kookaburros in the trees, I was like, they have monkeys here? What? (laughs) So you thought the kookaburros were were monkeys? Yeah, I'm not even joking. (laughs) Honestly. And and then some, some like, um, there's a truck driver or some, and he was like, he's like, my, it's a bird. And I was just, (laughs) I was just like, what? (laughs) <laughs> it's so funny but yeah yeah I'm, I'm not even joking like there's so many little funny stories that like on the western side it's kind of like yeah you hear like oh Australia is a small place it's like no it's really not at all it's huge and it's beautiful and it's great and it's warm most most of the time and Canada is always cold friendly but cold well, like s- six months of the year they say that like Australians and Canadians like Get on the best if you when you, oh, you throw New Zealanders in there as well. Um, but they say yeah. that we we sort of have a similar sort of I don't know ethos or you know vibe yeah. to us. Yeah, what do you think about that? Yeah, I I totally agree with that. Like um, everyone's you know Sydney's a bit different because it's so fast paced here. So I think people and I've even noticed it myself where you get kind of you get lost in your your job or your personal life and then you know months go by and years go by and it's so fast paced where it's like that's the difference between canada and you know um maybe new zealand as well where it's like in other parts of australia it's probably not as fast as sydney as well but that's the only difference is like you know canada in canada everyone's so chilled and just like you don't really stress about little things where like in Sydney, you're kind of like, Oh, I got to meet this person at this time. Or this is, this is, you know, everything's yeah. so like, yeah. it's structured. It's got to happen. It's, you know, it's like you plan your life where it's just like, 
oh, I've got this and this and this and this and this and this. And it's only Monday before 12 o'clock, you know? Yeah. But like, I, it, it's, it's easy like now that I'm adapted to it and stuff, but um, yeah, pretty much the people are the same. Like I think the Canadian side brings out like the friendly side of other people as well. When they're like, oh, are you American? I'm like, no, I'm actually Canadian. They're like, oh, great. <laughs> I've never met an angry Canadian. Uh, you haven't seen me play hockey. <laughs> no good or very frustrated or? No, no, I'm just quite aggressive. I play twice a week here in Sydney, yeah. which is quite fun. So, and I kind of got into that coming out of COVID where I was like, I got to be doing stuff, you know, just staying active and, you know, I drink beer too much. So we got to do something. <laughs> I'm, the I'm the same beer wine I, i've actually come to realize that uh there's not an alcoholic drink that i turn down nowadays <laughs> i blame the pandemic yeah totally you're like Kahlua? sure why not <laughs> i don't even yeah. like milk but it sounds great Sa- sam booker was the one that i was always like no nah, i'm not a fan of that but i can still i can drink that now after the pandemic oh i i still you know actually it's um Jägermeister for me. I had a twenty first birthday, and I think I woke up naked and with a bottle wrapped around <laughs> my arms. And I kind of never looked back. And a few times I've had a shot, and they're just like, you know, when you flash back to that moment, you're, you're like, naked. Oh. <laughs> I'm like, no, I was outside. I was oh, in my, shit. I was in my yard naked. I was just like, what? What uh, is going on here? Still don't know what happened that day. <laughs> we all have those moments. I remember. I don't remember my 18th at all. Like I remember setting up the tables for my 18th and uh, someone gave me some Jack Daniels or whatever. And then I had two of them and I had three of them. And then all of a sudden I woke up in the morning and I, I do not remember any of it. Maybe you're just in purgatory and you're 18 for the rest of, you know, you're just stuck in this 18 year old self. <laughs> Yeah, maybe, maybe. <laughs> or maybe not. I don't know. <laughs> hey, I was uh, I was having a look at when Fangs kicked off. You created a residency, right, at the Hideaway Bar. And so you played every Friday for four weeks. Was that just yeah. to um, master the skills? How were those shows? That was like new on the scene. You want to see us? We're going to do it every Friday. And it was like one of those things that was just like, you know what? Let's just do it. You know, we didn't we hadn't played as a band yet or anything. And there was just so much hype behind it. And, you know, the shows just went off. It was like, you know, towards the fourth, like the last couple of shows, it was like, that's what you did on Friday. Like we created this, this whole party, like crazy. It was just the vibe there. And, you know, everyone was just so into it. And it was just it really, really exciting. It was like, sometimes I wish that we could just, just kind of do another month straight of just shows like as a residency thing. Well, imagine what your shows would be like now. I mean, I'm guessing that was, that was when the band was in its infancy. I can only imagine what those shows would be like if you decided to do them in 2022. Well, I mean, the whole, the whole kind of progression of the band is like, for me, I still consider us, you know, you know, quite young as a band because things don't happen overnight. And I've been in so many bands in my life that, you know, people say things and they'll offer you things. And, you know, it's like, Oh, you know, sometimes you walk down the street and someone's like, Oh, it's a singer from Fangs or whatever. And I'm just like, I'm just a normal guy. And, 
um, I don't really look at the band that way. Like when we, like if we could get like bigger supports and stuff, that's when I'd be like, okay, now we're starting to, you know, make a name and stuff like that. So it's like a lot of, I think where we put ourselves with like starting out, we kind of had that thing about us where now we've got people saying, Hey, do you guys want a headline? You want a headline? It's like, who's going to come? Do you know what I mean? Like, like I don't consider us a headlining band. I'd, I'd love to do like, you know, a support for an Australian headline band. That would be amazing. And obviously we're not going to deny like um, a good show and stuff, but it's just kind of like, it's such a weird place where we're at right now as well. It's like, like I still, I still want to be down here playing like the opening slot. Yep, That's, yep. you know, I still think that we're, we, we still need to grow as a band. Like we've played lots of shows and stuff, but you know, we, we still need to earn that, that's that ladder to get up there, you know, and, and we're slowly doing that, and which is, which is great or just being thrown in sometimes. Yeah. Those, those gyroscope shows though, when you were supporting them, they must've been wicked. Awesome. And and that band, like, I didn't really know much of the band before we played show shows with them. And, you know, Dan, the singer, he he was just incredible. Like, they're all such incredible musicians. And I learned a lot on that tour where I was like, this is a functional professional band that, like, they go out and they slay. I absolutely slay. And I was just every single night, I was just in awe. And it, it made me, you know, really appreciate the hard work that they throw into that band and how long they've been doing it. And they still love it. Like it was, it was incredible to have an experience like that in the beginning stages of this band, you know, so it kind of, it put us at, a, you know, kind of at a, this is where we need to be. And we, you know, we never really look back. So like when we play shows now, it's like, that's the level where we have to be at, you know, what you get from that is as a musician, that's kind of like, that's the bread and the butter, you know, that that's, that's what you, you want to be on tour with the big, big people because they teach you so much and then you learn and then you, you grow and you get better. And that's, that's what it's all about. And obviously drinking beers and the fans, you know, like that's, <laughs> That's the best part too. <laughs> Absolutely. And you talk about like uh, growing and, and uh, you know, getting better and better. What sort of influence does Stevie Knight, what has he had producing and helping? Like he's doing some of the biggest bands in the country at the moment, isn't he? Stevie's like, you know, Stevie's a good mate of ours. And he's just an incredibly, he's so talented and he's such a like, he kind of just knows like, you know, with certain styles and certain things, he kind of like, he has this way of pulling the best out of bands that he's working with. So, you know, he'll, he'll take a song and he'll hear it for the way that you want to hear it. And then he can grab that and capture that and get that crazy, you know, feeling that, you know, when you do it, when you send a demo, it's like, here's the demo. I want it to sound I don't even know what I want it to sound like, but here's the demo. <laughs> so like he can take that and hear what you're thinking and 
and the parts that you, you know, you want it to be big or you want, you know, these, yeah, he's just an incredible, like, he's been doing it for so long that he just kind of knows, like, he's great. How much changes from the demo to when Stevie's done with it? We, we, we're pretty close to keeping all of the structure is pretty much like close to where it's at. You know, there's subtle changes and, you know, bridge changes and stuff like that, which are, which are great because I'm completely open to anything. Like if anyone suggests something, me and Jamil and Sam, like, because now we're, we're all singing, we all work on the vocal together where it's like I'll create a melody and, and a concept and then we'll go through the concept and maybe change words and stuff. But it's all pretty close to the initial demo. And um, no, there was a couple songs that we went in with Stevie and it was just like, how can we make this good? And then it was just kind of taking bits from other songs and making, you know, one good song type thing, which was pretty cool. Like to, he's like, I like that part. And I like that part. And I like that part. How about we just put it all together and make one song out of it? And it's nice. like, okay, yeah, sick. that's cool. Tom DeLong said once upon a time, he was saying that you've got to be able to, you know, pick up those scattered pieces of songs. This is what Tom was saying once. He was like, you, you can't be too attached to this and this. Like you've got to be able to throw all of them together if you need to at one point. Yeah. So, and, and sometimes you just have to say, you know what? This song is as good as it's going to be. If it's never going to be a good song, then that's what it is. You have to learn to just like, not get attached for sure like there's some songs that you know we still have that have been you know we probably have a whole albums of uh, like a whole 20 songs on b sides that never got released we still like them but they just you know they're just songs that you know we wrote and it was just like ah, oh, that's kind of cool maybe one day in the future they'll all we'll just be like ah let's just throw them all out there and see what happens yeah they sort of just get lost after a while don't they i mean you keep writing and writing and writing if you if you're writing as much as you say you have been i mean you probably look at those songs and go oh shit like i totally forgot about that one yeah i think i have over like a thousand memos in my recorded like wow. in my recorded oh i've got wow so many just like um and my problem is I don't really label them. They'll just be like 20, 20, 22. And it's just like, what was that? And it'd just be yeah. like me humming in the car. You just hear like, <laughs> <laughs> like it's, it's random demos or random, like just memos everywhere. So what are you playing next? Um, so we're, our next show is, uh, the, in November, one of the last, um, Saturdays for Frankie's. Oh, that's Frankie's right. It's, Pizza. It's, it's one of the best joints. And they're, they're closing up because the bloody monorail or something, some rail yeah. is going through there. Lisa needs braces. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's that's cool though. So so that's going to be in November. Fang's going to be playing there. Yeah. Um, That is going to be a sick night. Yeah. And then uh, we got um, a show in December. And then I'm not really like – we keep getting like – if we keep getting offers and stuff or whatever, we're, we're not going to not take shows. But I think it's more looking like touring and stuff is going to happen next year where we just kind of get this year, have the rest of the year to write. And if it's an album or another EP, we're, we're going to try and release something um, hopefully by the end of the year or early next year, which would be awesome. I'd love to get another song out. Maybe a Christmas really... song. 
Yeah, right? <laughs> it's Christmas Eve and I only got... Yes, yes, do a cover of that. Please do, please do. <laughs> How good would that be? That would be insane. Uh, one last thing, those tattoos you've got, man. What I, I was looking at your... Uh, your chest stomach that sounds weird um I, was, I, was, I saw a photo and i was like that must have hurt so much you've got like the snake and the skull and so it, it was interesting so i'm kind of like i like doing pieces and i'm yeah. like I, I think i'm a bit addicted to the pain because i'm like oh i gotta get tattooed <laughs> so i got my my neck or my my knee or my hands and then everyone was like oh the ribs are the worst i was like i'm gonna do that and then, <laughs> actually, it was the sternum in here, like this bit. Yeah, I was oh, like, yeah. "Oh, that's that's brutal." It's just, yeah. But I, I, I don't know. I just for some reason I'm just like, you know, every couple of months I'm like, "Yeah, let's do that again." Well, I don't think I'll ever learn. <laughs> so more songs, more tattoos on the way. Uh, oh yeah, <laughs> yeah. So maybe the next time I we'll have a chat or whatever you won't recognize me i'll just be like tattoo 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 you'll be travis barker <laughs> no 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 i don't think i'm gonna do a face <laughs> i can't believe how many tattoos that guy's got and then he just like goes over them and gets more tattoos over the tattoos yeah i'm just gonna get a tattoo that says tattoo going over tattoo <laughs> that sounds yeah. good Thank you so much for jumping on the pod, man. And uh, I'm going to try and make it out to that Frankie show. It'll be so good to catch his. But uh, yeah, but, yeah, let us know if you're coming out. We'll uh, we'll have some beers or whatever. Yeah, and you hanging out on that balcony with the beer. I'm like, as soon as I finish this pod, <laughs> I'm going to go and grab a beer as well. Yeah, awesome, man. Well, it was really great chatting to you. And uh, yeah, hopefully chat to you soon. All right, another one in the bag. That was Josh from Fangs. Now, are you going to go and check him out? Jump on Spotify, Apple Music, wherever you get your uh, music from and go and listen to Fangs. Not just yet. Podcast is not finished just yet. We've got a couple more minutes to go. But, uh, geez, he's a nice guy. I could have spoken to him for hours. And uh, like you said, Fangs are playing a show, the last show ever at Frankie's Pizza. Have you ever been to that joint? There is so much happening, so much rock and roll happening at that venue, and it has done for years and years. It is so sad to see it's uh, it closing down. And another part that I really liked about that chat with Josh is talking about that music video, I Don't Like Me. That's the song by Fangs. And the music video is done in lockdown, in the part of lockdown where no one was allowed to see each other. And a lot of bands would have given in. They would have said, oh, well, we'll do the music video when we can see each other. But they understand that you've got to keep creating content for your fans. I don't think the fans actually sit there and go, oh, well, you know, it's a pandemic. We'll, uh, we'll just wait six months until they release something. No, that's not how it works. Unfortunately, it's not. So for them to be able to still get this music video out, get it all filmed, edited, you know, mastered, and put out just goes to show how keen they are and how much they love this thing and how much they love their fans as well. So huge credit to them for that. All right, it's time for this. This is the segment where you can write on into the show and this week I got a long email, a very long email. This one's from Bob from Bangers and Mosh. He owns his own studio in Hardy's Bay and uh, he's an old friend of mine actually. I met him in the strangest of ways about 10 years ago, I used to 
drive around in this uh, in this truck giving out free stuff for the radio station. And sometimes they would just give you free reign. Like they'd say, hey, you've got four crosses to do. You can drive anywhere you want on the Central Coast. If you see anything cool happening, give them a plug on the radio. I drove to Hardy's Bay once and there was a bloke cooking a barbecue. The barbecue was shaped like a pig. And <laughs> stick with me. And I go up to get a sausage and I meet this guy. He's got a mohawk, a blue mohawk. And if you're someone in the music industry and you see a blue mohawk, you know you're going to be friends with that person because they're going to be into music. So I started chatting to this guy and it turns out it was Bob and he had so much to do with the music scene and he was cooking a barbecue and we just hit it off. We, uh, <laughs> we, were, we were chatting music, um, we were talking about radio, we were talking sausages, um, all the general stuff that you do when you're talking to someone at a barbecue. And I gave him a plug on the air and then I don't know what happened. I think uh, I got a job elsewhere and I didn't really keep in contact with Bob and all of a sudden a surprise email and uh, it's really good to hear from him. So he wrote to me, he said, I'm writing this email for a number of reasons, mainly to chat about your podcast, which, by the way, congratulations on that. I've got my own one in the works too, and yours is great and inspired me to get my ass into gear and put mine up and out. Very kind, Bob. I love that you got inspired by this one. I mean, I'm just talking in a microphone. It's nothing exciting. I, I'm really honoured that you've said that. And if there's anyone else out there listening... And he's thinking about doing a podcast. Just do it. Do it today. Just get up, plug the microphone in, press record, talk in it, and then upload it. It really is that easy. Um, I mean, I can work it out. So you should be fine. But yeah, no, it's nice. It's nice to hear from you, Bob. And I reckon we get you on the show soon because you've got a lot of old school rock and roll stories. I know you had something to do with Jet back in the day. I want to say you were their manager at one point. I could be wrong, but hey, don't let the truth get in the way of a, of a good story. That's what they say. And as for my band, the Ritzy Kids, obviously we played our debut show two weeks ago, which went off, which was so awesome. Uh, we got some big gig news coming. I don't think I'm allowed to announce it yet, but it will be by the end of this year, around December sometime. Uh, huge gig news coming up. Uh, so if you missed this at our debut show, we've got one coming. That's all I'm letting you know. All right. I think that's enough for this week's episode. Hopefully I can catch you next week. It's going to be an absolute ripper. All righty. Ta-da. Ta-da.